standing this morning for scripture and prayer this therefore for you know not what hour your Lord doth come but know this that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not the son of man cometh praise the Lord I say it's good to be in God's house uh, thank you for everybody being here today Come to worship and praise the Lord. He's a good God. I love Him. I thank Him. Let us pray. Let's all pray. Father, again, we're thankful, Lord, to be in your house. We make things just thankful for you. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, for the man who's been alive. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us today, Lord. Lord, as we worship and praise you. Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would have your way, Lord, upon your people. Let's remain standing.
don't have to leave the same way you came. Father, right now, Lord, we're just asking right now, you know the need. Father, we're praying right now, Lord, there's a lot going on with voices and throats and allergies and different things, but Lord, we bind that. We put that under subjection under the blood of Jesus Christ. And right now, Lord, we ask that, God, you give strength. God, we don't give the devil a foothold. We don't give him a, even an inch, but God, we declare healing. We declare, Lord, victory right now under the blood of Jesus. Lord, anoint voices right now. God, to be able to declare the anthems and sing the songs of Zion and be able to say, Lord, if there's any breath left in my body, I will magnify and glorify and praise the name of the Lord. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and therefore I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we believe you are a healer, Jehovah Rapha, the God that still healeth. So we ask right now, God, as we declare and decree, Lord, these next few songs of worship, that God, you would let our voices rise up as a sweet uh, ensemble and chorus of a choir together, unified to uplift the name of Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray and ask these things. For he's Jesus Messiah.
sing this together as an anthem unto the Lord. For there is that be your anthem this morning to the Lord. God, wonderful Oh, it's the best thing you'll ever experience in your life. It's coming down from the Father above. Oh, Lord, will you sweep over my spirit, Lord? Sweep over my spirit. 
God, sweep over, Lord. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. Oh, is it fathomless? Aren't you thankful for the presence of God? In fact, next Sunday, I expect all of you to be in the choir because y'all sounded so good today. Amen. So we'll just make a choir loft right up here and we'll all sing together. You sounded so good today. See, I believe that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. I don't think worship is supposed to be a spectating event. It's supposed to be a participating event. Because when we get to heaven, I can't praise God for what he's done for you. I can only praise God for what he's done for me when I get to heaven. Because I may not know what he's done for you, but I know what he's done for me. So you praise God for what he's done for you, and I praise God for what he's done for me. And when we do it together, it makes a sweet concert of worship to the Lord. The Bible says he, it's like a sweet aroma of incense into the nostrils. God loves to hear his children worship and magnify and sing. So I thank you for that today. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. We have a, that's right, that's right. So my uh, young friend up front is thanking God because they got a new house that they're getting ready to move into. And she's super excited if you haven't heard yet that the Craven family is getting a new house. And they're all excited because the girls are going to get their bedrooms and all that stuff. So we do thank the Lord for that. We absolutely thank the Lord that we're super excited gentlemen if you'll come join me so I uh, I pulled these guys on the spot don't judge them it's my fault so we are going to pull something that I haven't done in a really long time that is a male trio we haven't done this in a really taught long time so worship with us pray for we know us. the song and please pray for us much, much prayer all right you're gonna know this song for I have the source of strength when I am weak that saves me through when mine is pressing in I have a source of power from above 
Lord, we worship you today. Mm. Well, God's good, y'all. God's good. Are you still an A flat, Miss Carol? Are we still B flat? That's fine. We'll be fine right there. For it reaches to the highest mountain you know it flows to the lowest valley for it's the blood it's the blood that gives me strength Lord from day to day it will One more time, can we sing to the Lord? Because it reaches to the highest mountain. It will flow to the lowest valley. It will flow to the lowest valley. For it's God's blood. It will never lose its power. Do you know that blood still works? Now I told you, I got a message, don't worry. I didn't finish, I didn't finish part two of last week's message. I got one, don't worry. But I told you a couple weeks ago when this fast started and I I even said it last Sunday. I said, I'm telling you, there's going to be something different about January 30th. 
and said, don't come to church and treat it as status quo. We're coming off a victorious, jubilant celebration. We have made 21 days of fasting and prayer with the Lord. We've had three prayer services where God's moved mightily. Now, let me just tell you something. In these 21 days, hell has fought us. Don't you worry. We fought. We've been fighting. We've been fighting COVID in this church. We've been fighting allergies. We've been fighting vocal issues and throat issues. People with marriage issues. Sicknesses. People, some that are still sick. Still sick. Right now. But God's good. God's good. Now, I can't tell you that tomorrow it's all going to just vanish. But I tell you, if God got us through the next 21 days, He'll keep getting us through every day. But the only way that works is because there's still a blood that never loses its power. Some of the Sunday school lessons this morning were about Passover and how the blood had to be applied in order to spare the loss of life of the firstborn. And how the symbolism was that God gave us His only begotten, the firstborn of heaven, so that His blood would keep us from dying eternally to sin and eternal damnation. Now, we, there's been thousands, and I mean thousands, of songs penned about the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. The blood will never lose its power. Oh, the blood of Jesus. I mean, there's songs all over about the blood. There is a river that still flows from Emmanuel's veins where sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. At the cross, alas, and did my Savior bleed and did in sovereign die that he would revoke the sin and death for such a worm as I. There's plenty of songs about the blood. You know, you could sing about the blood all day long, but it isn't the same as just singing about it as it is when you've experienced the blood. Anybody can sing Oh, the blood will never lose its power. You know, oh, there's, oh, the blood of, anybody can sing that. But it takes on a different meaning when you know it's the blood been applied to save you. It's a different dynamic to the equation. Now, I know that it may not be a, everybody's running around, falling out on the floor, and we're watching people slain in the spirit or running the building or Jericho marching the building. If the Lord lets that happen before the service over, we welcome that. God bless it. We Welcome the Holy Spirit's move anytime. But I'm telling you, this is not a day for us to look down and be discouraged. I know some people are battling COVID still. I know people are sick. But I do believe God is still a God of victory. Because for every song that's been penned about the blood of Jesus, there's been songs penned like this. Will you go to A flat for me, Miss Carol? For there's victory in Jesus, He's my Savior forever. For He sought me, and He bought me with His redeeming blood. For He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. For He plunged me through victory beneath the cleansing flood. So, so I know there's songs about the blood, but I also know through the blood there's victory. Because it said he 
sought me and he bought me with redeeming blood. That's how I walk in victory. So I know COVID's ran and rampant. I know Omicron's around. I know some people are afraid to come to church. I know some people are still battling it. I know some of us in this building have marriage issues going on that we have talked uh, to me about or talked to others about. I know we all got challenges in the building, but there's still victory in the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you put it under the blood, the devil can come to the threshold and the devil can look across the threshold and the devil might know that there's a problem, but the old song says, but he can't cross the bloodline. So you put that marriage under the blood. You put that COVID under the blood. You put that sickness under the blood. Because the best the devil can do is just stand there and watch God give you the victory over it all. Just like that. That's how it works. That's how it works. How I know that? Because the writer said like this. He said that there was once a sinner. But when they gave their heart to Jesus, the old song says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. See, y'all, you want me to tell you the gospel? I know we got kids in here this morning. Let me tell you the gospel in a nutshell. Stay right there in a flat for Ms. Carol. I know I'll pay you extra this week. I would double your current salary. Double of zero is still zero. But here's the gospel in a nutshell. For I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary You know what He did it for? To save a wretch like you and like me I heard about His Where He suffered of his precious blood. You know what it did? Atoning. Then when I, when I repented of all my sins, I won the victory. You only have to know that verse of a song to know the entire 66 books of the Bible. That's why he came. To salt you, to buy you, to redeem you. And once you say, Jesus, your Lord and Savior of my life, it all changed in an instant. Just like that. That's what victory will do for you. That's what it does for you. You see, I've heard people say, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to be frank. I'll get to the message if the Lord lets me. I don't know why he's letting me do this today, but you know what? I don't, I don't get paid for overtime, so it's okay. I don't get time and a half if we go past 12, so it's okay for me. But I have been to churches, and I know I'm on live stream, and all those watching online, if this is your church, listen to me. I apologize so much, but I have to get it off my chest. I struggle with churches who do not still have some type of consecrated prayer in an altar. I believe the universal church has lost the effectiveness of rebuilding the altars that have been torn down. I'm not talking about a physical structure up front. I'm talking about where people come somewhere and they make the, even their pew if they have to. A place of an altar where they rebuild the altars and say, okay, God, this ain't working. We've got to get this right. See, there's too many people walking through hell and high water right now. They don't need a good feel-good sermon. They need Jesus. They need to get out of the hell hole they're living in. And the only person can do that is not me. It's God. 
They don't need me to come up here and tell them life's a bed of roses and a bunch of fairies are going to come down and throw some spiritual pixie dust on them and it's all going to be better. That's not how it works. Some days are going to just be hell on earth. But while I'm in hell, the Bible said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have to fear no evil. For you, Lord, are with me. Even in hell. He said, if I make my bed in the heavens, Lord, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of Sheol or hell, Lord, you are there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right? Is that the word? I'll be as close as the very mention of my name. That's right. Somebody's got it. Maybe I just need to go back and do a children's ministry. They got it. They understand. Miss Sandy and Miss Jeannie are doing a great job, apparently. They know they know what the gospel's about. But you can't get to heaven unless you get it under the blood. You can't go to heaven if you can't talk to the person across the aisle at church. You can't go to heaven if you've got bitterness in your own family and you can't even speak to sons and daughter-in-laws or nieces and nephews or cousins. If you can't even speak to some of your own family because you're still harboring animosity and bitterness, you can't go to heaven. You can't go to heaven if you have an ought with your brother and you try to, the Bible says, if I got all with my brother and I try to come before the Lord and bring my Corbin or my gift before the Lord, if the Lord reminds me of an ought I have, I'm supposed to get up from that altar, whether I have to use my cell phone or drive to their house, I'm supposed to make it right with them before I try to come back and tell God what I need Him to do. Some people need to quit. I don't mean this bad, but some people need to stop praying about it. They need to go fix what they've messed up before they tell God what they need Him to do. Because some of it, the reason God hasn't moved on our behalf is because some of us haven't followed through and making good on our end of the bargain either. On our end. But I want somebody to be reminded this morning, there is still not only power in the blood, and the blood of Jesus, but no matter what you're going through, God's still got it under control. He does. He's got it under control. And if he didn't have it under control, well, you know, we'd be all miserable. But even, we're miserable now. So, even for those out there saying, oh, well, I don't know if God's real or this, that, and the other. Well, they're miserable. We're miserable. So, even if it gives me a euphoric thought process to think that there's somebody out there that cares, then let me live in my little fantasy world because I'm telling you, some people are going to be real surprised when he comes and gets me out of here and leaves them behind. They're going to be real surprised. Because I don't plan on staying here very long. Because when Gabriel blows the trumpet, I plan on already having my shoes on, ready to go. I'm not going to be running around the house trying to find my shoes. They'll already be on, ready to take flight. I won't need a jet pack. I won't need a 747. I won't need some turbo nitrous boosters in the bottom of the soles of my feet. The Bible said, I will levitate because of the power of God. The dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up in the clouds of glory. I'm not going to need Boeing. I'm not going to need Delta. I'm not going to need American Airlines to get me there. I'm not going to need jet fuel. I'm not going to need a battery-operated uh, 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 jet pack to fly me up there. I'm not going to have to go skydiving and pull a ripcord, Brother James, and float into the heavenlies. When I get ready to go out here, it doesn't matter if you tie me down with cinder blocks. Those cinder blocks will come off of these feet, and I'm going home to Jesus in a twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservation for the mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment and I may not know the day, but I know that I know that I know I'll be leaving here when he calls his church away. I don't plan on staying here long enough to worry about it because when he comes back, I'm going with him. Wherever he goes, I'm going with him. I'm going with him. 
So I said all that to say this. Welcome to church. That was just free. That had nothing to do with my message this morning, but I just wanted you to feel good. So I just, that's free. I won't even charge you for those comments. If you have your Bibles, go to the book of Romans again with me. Chapter number 12. I'm going to read the same scriptures we read last week just to continue. Those join online, don't forget, you can always go to our online, SantiCircleCOG.org. You can always give multiple ways to the church online, in-house, uh, uh, the Tithe.ly app, or you can mail it, 1211 North Highway 52, Monks Corner, uh, South Carolina. That's 1211 North Highway 52, Monks Corner, South Carolina. Um, about that. Let me say while you're turning to Romans 12, to all of the ladies of this church, whether you cooked, whether you gave a gift, whether you sent a card, whatever you may have done yesterday to make Brianna, I would say Brianna mine, but I'm not a bride, so it really doesn't apply to me, but Brianna's bridal shower, such a success yesterday, the amount of love and, and expression that you gave yesterday, from gifts to I had someone text me this morning and says, man, do you train your people to be that efficient? I said, absolutely. We practice that all the time. We have, we have conferences where we come and just practice washing dishes to make sure we're efficient. That was a joke. I obviously told them I was kidding, but, you know. They were like, your, your ladies were a well-oiled machine. They were in there. They're like, I might get in trouble saying this. We haven't seen this kitchen this clean in a long time. It was spotless. Ladies got in there, they grabbed pots and pans and bunched up food and Brother Randy became a glorified two men in a truck. Me and Brother Randy showed up in our trucks and started loading stuff in cars. We didn't even get paid for it. But, uh, but uh, you know, we, we got everything in the cars and the ladies were in there doing that. All the gifts. Brand and I sat down last night trying to write everything back down. And It might be a few weeks before you get your thank you cards. We're going to get them out to you. We got a lot to write, so just give us give us some time. We hadn't forgot you. We wrote everybody's down, but just give us some time. If you don't get it by Tuesday, don't think we didn't appreciate it. But let me say, from gifts to food, all that made the cheese balls and dessert or uh, the foods and and drinks and things, anything you've done, from my my chair as well as from Brianna and and her mom also called me this morning and wanted me to tell you from her perspective as well. Thank you so much. Your expression of love was overwhelming. We felt. Now, I say all that to say this. You only got to February 14th to reserve your spot at the dinner table for the wedding. So if you don't send those RSVP cards back, you might have came yesterday, but we're going to be having to, I hate to say it, but we're going to be like, no, at the door. Because there's a thing called a fire marshal that only lets us put so many people in a building. So we have to know that we're under that fire marshal. We can't wait till the day before and 30 people say, oh, we forgot to send our RSVP cards. Oh, we'd like to still be able to get married legally and not go to jail the first day, okay? So that's not how I, I'm not ready to do a jail ministry like that. I will do one, but I don't want to be an inmate while doing one, okay? So please make sure you get those in. If you have, if you've already sent it, we got you down. We promise. But if you haven't, please make sure you send it. Let us know just for clarity of purposes so we know who's going to be there. February 14th, that cutoff. Please don't do like some people and mail it on February 14th because I may not get it like February 19th with the postal service. I would like it to be there, so please be conscious of that if you don't mind. If you will, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I won't preach long today because I'm off the fast, and for once, I'm hungry. So I'm ready to eat. And I don't have to eat, like, 
blah, food. I can have, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I know y'all came to church for three things today. One, uh, probably because you had nothing better to do. I understand that. I know. I know how people think. Two, I know you came just to see Brianna. I know that. I know that's the only reason some of y'all are here today. And three, I know every one of y'all have not been able to sleep because you're worried about, did I eat that bacon that's in my refrigerator that I've been saving for so long? I know that's what you came to church for. I would like to tell you that with all love and devotion, I enjoyed every mouth-watering bite, but to my horror, it was not fitting to eat. So I had to send it onto its eternal resting place in a place called the garbage disposal. It's now mulched up and blessing some fertilization company right now in a waste field. But I will eat bacon before this week is out, I promise you. It may be tonight. I don't know. I might go right after church right now and order bacon just from Waffle House before I go to lunch and eat it as a snack on the way. But I will get it this week. I'm telling you, it's coming. And I'm going to drink the biggest glass of sweet tea today. I, I, might, I might have to have somebody else preach tonight because I might still be drinking that sweet tea. But I am ready for it. Okay? Ready for it. But I say all that to say this today. Those of you that joined with me on this fast, you have been amazing. Can you give yourself a hand for completing the journey? You've been amazing. And I do believe God's going to show us favor because we were faithful to Him. You believe that? God's going to bless us for that? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And I read to you this out of Proverbs last week. A man that has no ability to rule his own self is like a city broken down without walls. You are defenseless for the enemy to come in and take over. If you don't know how to keep your guard up and your control up of your own self, the enemy will have a field day in your life as the enemy. So this morning I want to continue. What do you do when you come off the fast? How do you avoid the relapse? How do you avoid the relapse? Father pray you bless the reading of this word. Bless not only the hearers, but the doers thereof of this word as well. God, help me to preach the word of God in such a way that would bring clarity. But Lord, also take a coal from the altars of heaven and anoint these lips of clay, that I may boldly declare what thus saith the word of the Lord. Lord, thank you for the time of celebration and the experience of your spirit we have felt in this place. We will forever give you the praise, the glory, and honor that is due your name. Christ Jesus, we pray and ask, and the people of God together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm not going to say this sermon is going to be fantastic, but I'm going to tell you something that I just noticed. So this past Monday night, I know you're wondering why I'm looking at this uh, podium so weird. Past Monday night, we anointed everything in this building, every pew, every doorpost, and we anointed this pulpit, and somebody, I don't know who, but anointed a cross in this pulpit. I'm not kidding. I'm literally looking at it. And it's stained, not stained, but still there, that when I just a few minutes ago went to lay my Bible down, the cross is still in the centrality of this podium. It didn't fade. I don't know how that's possible. But I'm going to tell you something right now. It may not have done anything for anybody else this morning, but it just reminded me God still got it under control. I don't know how he's going to do it, but if you keep him in the center of it all, it'll all work out in the end. God's got it under control. That was just for me today. You didn't have to worry about shouting over that. I was just excited to see it. Let me move on today. 
Amen. Avoiding the relapse. I talked to you last week about when alcoholic and drug addict people, when they go through a, a detox program, one of the greatest fears there ever is, is that when they come out of the 12-week program or the 8-week program, what's next? What, do they fall back prey or victimize of their previous lifestyle? Do they go back to doing things they shouldn't be doing? What happens next? And I told you that if we're not careful as the body of Christ, after you come off a fast, if you go back to listening to the same music you used to listen to, or watching the same things you used to watch, or engaging in the same behaviors you did before, you will literally have a spiritual relapse. And don't come off of a fast and just go back to what life used to be, but walk in newness of life and let God be in control of your life. Don't, don't allow there to be a relapse, if you will. I told you that one of the ways to avoid that is learning the art of making a commitment to God. Sometimes you got to make a conscious decision that no matter what happens, I will serve God regardless of the circumstances around me. You see, happiness is a unique word. The Bible doesn't say that you will have happiness. It will say weeping will endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness comes from the root word happenstance. It means I'm only happy based around the circumstances that I'm around. Happenstance. Joy has nothing to do with circumstances. Joy has to do that the joy of the Lord can be with me even when I'm in valley times. The joy of the Lord can walk with me even when I am in tragic times. Even when it looks like everything is falling apart around me, the joy of the Lord is still my strength. It's not about anything else but the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not always going to be happy. If you don't believe it, ask the lady in the blue over here, the turquoise. I'm not always happy. I'm not sometimes she gets that sometimes because I'm not happy, whether it's with me or whether it's with Micah or whether it's with my parents or whether it's with something else. She sometimes sees. I'm not always the bu bubbling bundle of joy that you often see me do. I'm not always wearing the fancy uh, uh, hats of, of being crazy and, and, and chaotic and running around and doing crazy and, and riding horses with cowboy hats on and a harvest festival and all that. Sometimes I'm like that. But sometimes, some days are just not Sister Jeannie good days. Some days I don't feel like putting the cowboy hat on. Some days I don't feel around being around a lot of people. Some days I'm not feeling like cutting up with somebody or telling a joke, Brother Corey. Some days I don't want to ride in a car with a bunch of teenagers and take them all over God's creation and have to babysit their, their ludicrousy when we are riding in a car. And sometimes I don't want to give hot beef jerky to a kid and then tell them Altoids will make them feel better. Sometimes I don't want to do that to people, even though it was really enjoyable for me that day. I, sometimes I don't feel that way. I'm not always happy because sometimes my circumstances are not always the ideal circumstances. But I can be sitting in an operating room, Brother Marion, where I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be with a family member or with a church member. Or I can have people in this church like Bonnie Gunn and Robert Chambers that might have cancer. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I can have, Sister Lyle Faith, the joy of the Lord that knows no matter what happens to them, if they are a child of God and if they know Jesus Christ, Nothing's going to befall them that God himself cannot take care of. And even if they die, death is just a vehicle that will teleport them from this mortal body of clay to a place in heaven called heaven above. And they'll be in the presence where the absent from the body is to be present with the almighty God. I may not always be happy, but I can have the joy of the Lord in my life. You have to sometimes make a commitment. See, I want to remind, thank you all for being at church today, but those that may be watching online or stream later, sometimes you're not going to feel like getting up and putting clothes on to come to church. I know 
that everybody got up this morning and the first thing you thought is, oh, it's Sunday, I can't wait to go. And you jumped out of bed and you shaved and you did it real fast. But there are some of us that were like, God, it would have been nice to sleep in a little bit longer today. That was me today. God, do I have to go today? Can I call out sick? I'm not sick, but can I make up something? I sneeze twice. Do I have anything that I can get out for that? Some days you don't feel like it. But sometimes you got to make a commitment. This is the day that the Lord has made. I may not feel like it. I may not be happy about it. I may not want to go to the home-going service. I may not want to go to the operating room. I may not want to go to church. I may not want to go to that meeting. But this is the day that the Lord, this is a commitment, that the Lord has made. Therefore, I don't care what happens, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I can't help what happens, but this still is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a commitment, a commitment. Sometimes you have to get up out of bed and say, you know what? My head's still hurting, my feet still hurt, my stomach's still churning, but God... I'm going to church and I dare the devil to stop me because if I can just get into the presence of the Lord, he can heal my foot, he can heal my headache, he can heal my churning stomach, but if I can just get but to the hem of his garment. I may not even be able to walk up to the front and get the pastor to pour a whole bottle of cooking oil on me, but if I can just get grab the handle of the house of the Lord. The Bible said I'd rather be a doorkeeper. That means somebody opens the door and says good morning. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to hang out with the wicked and the foolish. I'm telling you, sometimes you don't even have to make it to an altar. You sometimes just got to put your hand on the front door of the house of the Lord and say, God, I made it this far. If I have to crawl to my pew, if I I can just get a piece of lint that's hanging off the bottom of your robe. I know there's more power and virtue in a piece of lint off of that garment than any prescription a doctor will give me or any advice a psychiatrist will give me or any advice a lawyer would give me. If I can get a piece of lint from the garment of heaven, that's more than anything this world will be able to give me in return. A commitment. A commitment to God. I'm going. I'm going, regardless. I learned something about commitment. Commitment's a unique thing. I tell you about the story of Joseph yesterday. I'm a big sports fan. I know you didn't know that already. But one of the things they have, and it's called the NCAA, which is the National Collegiate Association, Athletic Association. They have a thing called National Signing Day. Is a day where players are supposed to, Brother Corey, commit to the school of their choice. Carolina, Clemson, Auburn, Alabama, whatever. And the idea is, Brother Randy, when they sign that NIL, that National Letter of Intent, NLI, that they are contractually bound to commit to that school for the said period. Well, when COVID hit, the NCAA allowed used to if you tried to leave the school because you didn't like the coach or you didn't like not playing enough time if you tried to transfer out you had to sit out a whole year and wait your turn because it was almost a punishment to deter people well when COVID hit they wanted to give kids a fair opportunity so they kind of gave a grace period and just this past year alone there have been more commits and decommits a coach left a whole signing class from schools just decommitted and went and followed a coach to another school which hurt that previous school because they didn't maintain their level of commitment and that trickle-down effect, then the school they were committed, Brother Marion, had to go in scramble mode and try to find people to fill in that spot. And then that spot, and it just had a trickle-down effect. You know it's the same way in the body of Christ? 
You know how people don't come committed to church, it has a trickle-down effect. If Sister Jeannie or Sister Sandy didn't show up, who's going to take your kids? You? Probably not. So I have to find somebody else to watch them that Sunday if they don't come to church. If Sister Carol don't come and play, who's going to play if I have to be up here? Hello? I mean, think about this for a moment. If Tana and Riley and some of them and, and Madison, and others, if they just decided, you know, I'm not coming to church because I just don't want to go to church no more. Who's going to run that media back there? I can't play the drums. I can't play the piano. I can't run the media. I can't preach. I can't sing and do it all and then hope that something don't get left out. I can't do that. See, when there's a trickle-down effect from it all. And I want you to understand that there's a lot of people right now that have decommitted from God. They were on God's national team, if you will. But the cares of life have got them to decommit from Him. Saying, you know what? I think I like the enemy side of the field better. It's more fun. It's more enjoyable. It's not as stressful. I like that side of the tracks better. And you know what? Some of them have jumped ship to that track. But I'm telling you, there's something to be said about maintaining your commitment level to God. When you got saved, you signed your NLI, your national letter of intent. God, though you slay me, yet still will I serve you. When you ask Jesus, the Lord and Savior of life, what you really said is I am crucifying myself and get rid of who I am so that, God, you can take control. You committed, made a commitment to God. You know what the Bible says about that? The Bible said it would be better for a man not to make a commitment or a vow to God than to make one and then break everything he told God he was going to do. That's the Bible, not me. That's what the Bible said. God would rather you, he said, I'd rather you not be neither, uh, I'd rather you either be hot nor cold, not lukewarm, where you're indecisive, wishy-washy because it makes me nauseous. God's not into playing mind games with people. Hello. Some people like playing mind games. I know y'all know people like that, but I know some folks like that. They like to play mind games. God don't play mind games. God ain't got time to mess with your mind games or my mind games. He's God. He doesn't have to give me an explanation. When he gives me an explanation, I should be thankful that he allowed that to happen. But he doesn't owe me an explanation about anything. He doesn't have to do it. I'm not contractually, he's not contractually bound where whatever I say on my little wish list, he has to grant it like some genie in a bottle. That's not how that works. We better be thankful he gave us air just to be able to get up this morning and gave us oxygen to breathe. We better be thankful that the sun came up so that it would heat up the plants so the plants, will, when we release, release the carbon a dioxide out of our nose that the plants will take that, take that same carbon dioxide, flip it around and shoot out oxygen so that we can breathe when we go outside. We better be thankful the sun came up and plants are still growing so you can breathe. Don't go cut down all the trees. You're going to not be able to breathe very long. Hello? See, there's a commitment aspect to God. But I want to take it a step further. And even if we have to continue next week, we will. But there's another aspect to this. The Bible says in James 1, Blessed is the man who endures in temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised unto him. Let no one say when they are tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And when that desire has been conceived, it gives birth to what we call sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. His own will will he bring forth by the word of truth. What is that? Jesus Christ. That we might bear the first fruit as his creation. God doesn't tempt you to sin. God can't do that. 
when we mess up, it's because we wanted to. We were lured by our own desires of the flesh, not God. Even in difficult times, you have to have an attitude of commitment. How else do you avoid a spiritual relapse? you got to learn to communicate with God. I'm not talking a now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer. Most people in church have a now I lay me down to sleep prayer life. Lord, how you doing? It's me again. I hope you're well. Uh, God, uh, you know, um, you know, help my job, I think, I guess. That's cool. Uh, yeah, help my family, you know. Um, now, if you've only been saved, I'd say a year or less. I'll tell you what, I'd be nice. I'm feeling merciful today. I'll give you two years. You've been saved two years and you haven't been discipled and developed properly? I can understand. Maybe you haven't, if you will, understand the importance of developing what is known as a prayer life. But if you've been saved 30 years and you still struggle how to communicate with God, there's a problem. Hello. Boy, y'all y'all went to a nominal church. We ain't Pentecostal today. We went to a nominal church. I don't even know what happened to y'all. Lord, I did think I still went to the Chanty Circle Church of God. I really tried. I really did. If your best prayer after 30 years is, uh, hey, God, um, and I'm not talking about like you're driving down the road and you just something comes to mind. I'm talking about your consecrated time with the Lord is just kind of like this passive, don't really know what to say or do kind of moment. There's something to be said to having communication with the Lord. If you walked into the house with your spouse and you went, um, uh, hey, hey, Brianna, uh, how you doing? Um, yeah, so uh, how's work? And she tells you, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, you hungry? Okay. And everything was just shallow conversation. After a while, that's going to get old. That's going to get real boring and get real old. But every time she comes home, all I got to say is, yeah, all right, okay, that's cool. Are still looking like it's driving well. That's good. You know what she's going to say? Do you have nothing else to talk about? I mean, are you just trying to make small talk? I mean, I don't care about the car. Like, why are we talking about the car? Yeah, that's how we talk to God sometimes. Like, we have this shallow talk with God. We, we just kind of, just kind of, yeah. oh, hey, God. Hey, how you doing? When sometimes, I'm not talking about, now, if you have a prayer closet and you shut yourself in, then bless the Lord, that's great. But sometimes you got to know how to communicate with God before you, I communicate to God on your behalf. Sometimes you've got to know how to pray for yourself. The Bible said when David was fighting with the Philistines, and they basically sent him home and said, yeah, that ain't going to work, and said, he can't go with us. He'll turn his back on us. The Bible said they return back, they get back to Ziklag, and they realize that the city's burnt down. Their wives have been taken, their children have been taken, and the Bible said all these vagabonds of men and people, all these misfits and, 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 and uh, mysteries of men, that, that Saul didn't want anything to do with. David had took him under his wings. David had been feeding them. David had been clothing them. David had been providing shelter and safety for their families. When they saw that their wives and children, they forgot Sister Buell all about what David did. They turned on David and said, kill him. It's his fault. He brought us out here. He got all our wives and children. It's his fault. Kill him. Boy, that's a really nice way to say thank you for the person who's been saving your behind for the last, you know, two or three years. Burnt it to the ground. You know what David did? David went and sat down on a little stump and pity party and cried and said, Oh, God, they hate my God. Lord, I pastor the church. They don't like me being the preacher. Lord, they don't, they don't like the song. Lord, oh, Lord, Lord, I'm in the wrong profession. I should just quit. Lord, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm just done. Oh, God, I, I know I shouldn't have been in this ministry. I know I shouldn't have. 
Oh, Jesus, I'll never make it. I'll never. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's what the Bible says, doesn't it? No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible said he went and he got the priestly ephod. And he said, give me the ephod. The priest is looking at him like, what is wrong with you? He said, just hand it here. They give him the ephod. He didn't go, Brother Randy, and sit down and go, woe is me. And that's how we are. Oh, God, she said something to me. I'll never be able to go back to that church because she said my dress didn't look right on me. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she was trying to help you out, not looking like Shamu, beached on a whale. Beached on a beach. I don't know. A whale would be, I don't know. I don't know what she's telling you. I don't know the whole story. There's two sides to every story. Maybe she was telling you stripes is not best for you. Maybe solid girls. Maybe she didn't mean offensive. Maybe she just thought you didn't want to look around like you were a zebra that got lost from Madagascar. I don't know. I don't know what she's saying. I don't know. We like to wall in self-pity. David didn't call the pastor to come get him out of the trouble. Listen to what I'm about to say. This will change your life if you hear me today. David didn't call the pastor, 1-800, I need a preacher. You know, calling George Sink for ministry. Dial all 999s. I guess in, if you were in ministry, it would be dial all 7, 7, 7, 7, 7, 7, 7. Maybe I should do a commercial. If you need a preacher, call 777-777-7777. He didn't call and say, oh, pastor, everybody don't like me no more. The men's ministry at the church said they didn't like my chili. I'm not going to ever cook. Oh, pastor, the lady at church looked at me cross-eyed. I didn't realize she wore bifocals. She was just trying to see me, but she looked like she was cross-eyed looking at me. She obviously had something I did wrong. Oh, preacher. That ain't what David did. The Bible said David took the ephod himself. He didn't call the preacher to fix it. He knew there was a problem in his hand. He grabbed the ephod. The Bible said he went to his secret place. He put that priestly ephod around him. He still ain't called the preacher or 1-800-rent-a-preacher yet. He got in the presence of the Lord and he began, Lord, you called me. Lord, you fashioned me. Lord, you formed me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Before I even was born, you knew me. And the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. Not, I called the preacher, we went out to donuts and coffee, and he gave me a three-point outline and patted me on the back and let me cry on his shoulders and told me it was going to be all right. My chili was good after all. That's not what David did. David went and got by himself with God and said, I don't need a preacher. I don't need a Sunday school teacher. I don't need a song leader. I don't need anybody else because they can't fix it. The only person that's going to fix this mess is God himself. It was God who led me out here. It was God who called me to this ministry. It was God to call me to this walk of life. And if it's the same God that got me here, it's the same God that will get me through it. And the Bible said he went and he encouraged himself in the Lord. The best thing you can do in 2022 with all this going on is not worried about how good I preach or how great this musician team sings and plays. The best thing you can do is grab your Bible from time to time and get in a place of solitude and consecration with the Lord and pray and seek the Lord for yourself and encourage yourself. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it till the very end. If he did it there, he'll get you through it now. If he brought you this far, he's not going to drop you. He's not going to drop you. He's not. Communication is key. The Apostle Paul knew that. Miss Carol, make your way. They're already giving me the look. I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to encourage myself in the Lord. The Apostle Paul knew it. Philippians 4. 
Do not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank God for what He's already done. Then you will experience God's peace. We already sang it. There is peace. Peace. What are, you will experience the peace of God which exceeds anything you can comprehend or understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live for Christ Jesus. He said, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Don't just pray when I got cancer. Pray in the morning when you wake up, even if it's a prayer of thanksgiving or a prayer of conscience. Pray about everything. If your toe hurts, pray about it. If Fido's throwing up on the carpet and you've had that dog for 14 years, pray that God will give you wisdom and discernment. If Fido has to be put down, pray for comfort. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done and you watch what He will do. Watch Him. Watch what He does. Tell Him what you need. Ephesians 5 and 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as wise, unwise, but as wise unto the Lord. Bad company can corrupt good morals or character, the Bible says. That is why it is essential that we choose our inner circle wisely. Communication is the most essential component to ensuring balance, success, and overall healthiness in our lives. Communication. In any relationship, you know where it breaks down? A lot of times, communication. They didn't communicate about finances. They didn't communicate about children. Johnny went and told, asked mommy. Mommy said no. So Johnny went and asked daddy. Daddy said yes. So Johnny takes off running, gets in the car with his friend. He drives off. Mommy gets in the car and goes, where's Johnny? And he said, oh, well, I sent him with Jeff because Jeff said he was going to, they were going to the park. I told him no. Well, I told him yes. You know what just happened? Miscommunication problem. Problem. Johnny's still playing at the park. Mom and daddy are arguing because there's a miscommunication. Hello? Communication cripples just about any, in order to maintain balance, healthiness, and success in any relationship, you got to communicate, even in jobs. You may not always walk to the CEO's office all the time, but they've got, you've got to know there's a chain of command. You can talk to somebody if something goes wrong. Sister April works in, at Freddy's, and she has teams that work under her. If her teams feel like that she can't do the job, and they just go above her, and they do around her, and do all that, there's going to be a dissension or a disunity on the team, and it's going to cause problems over the overall efficacy and the efficiency of what's going on because there's going to be a breakdown in communication. There's going to be people that are going to be divided. Tan and I work together at Chick-fil-A. When there's a division on the team, it will mess up the total productivity of that team. That's why the Bible said God's not the author of confusion or disunity. How pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Because when the church gets out of whack, we're less effective because we're all on different pages. That's why we have to be one together in a coalition. Communication. Lord willing, next week I'll talk to you about the third part of this. Not only do you have to stay into a commitment level with God. Not only do you have to communicate with God. Should the Lord allow me next week to do so, next week I'm going to tell you, but you got to stay connected to God. You better not get unplugged from Him. You know how to avoid a relapse? Don't get disconnected from your sponsor. They tell people when they come out of a detox program, you stay close to your mentor. You keep your little sobriety coin in your pocket. 
Every time you walk by the bar, just pick it up. Pick it out your pocket. Look at how long you've been uh, you know, sober. Call your mentor if it gets bad. Or call your sponsor if it gets Talk to them. Don't fall back. If you think you're going to have some uh, relapse, call them. Let them come talk to you. Stay close to your sponsor. Can I tell you the way you can avoid spiritual relapses is don't get too far from God. You stay close to God. You stay connected to God. You don't disconnect from Him. And even when you feel like, oh, I feel like I'm drifting, you better call Him. You better call Him up. Call Him up and tell Him what you want. You better get a hold of Him on the line. Prayer bells of heaven. You better ring that phone line, that royal telephone. You better call Him. You better stay connected to Him. Next week I'm going to tell you about the importance of why that's important. But I want to leave you with this this morning. We're off the fast, technically speaking. But that doesn't mean you stop praying. That doesn't mean you stop praying. I'm not saying you got to keep not eating, but you don't stop talking to God. Just because the fast is over doesn't mean communicating with God is over. Just because we may not have prayer service tomorrow night at 7 or we may not be having some kind of special event going on right now don't mean you stop talking to God. The only thing that's going to keep any church, but especially this church since that's the one God has assigned me to, the only thing that's going to keep us in these last days is if we maintain a spirit of prayer because the devil is going to do everything in his power, whether it's COVID, to take us out. We have got to make sure God stays right alongside of us this entire time or the devil will destroy everything we're working for. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do today going to be dismissed I know you're hungry, me too but here's what I'm going to ask you to do this whole service today has been out of the box if you will or unique you should know by now I don't do things the same way every time sometimes I just sit around a house and think of creative ideas and then even if it ain't a good one I think well, let's try it and see what happens That's all time. sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't but here's how I've been felt by the Lord impressed to do today. Some of us have been to the prayer services over the last three weeks. Some of you have. Some of you, for different reasons, couldn't be here, and I get that. So the Lord said, well, why don't you make it a time of prayer today? Why does it have to be Monday night? What makes Monday night so special? He said, you can't have another day of prayer? And I was like, well, I didn't say that, Lord. He said, well, why don't you let them have a time of prayer today? Okay, God, I get you. I get you loud and clear. Okay chastise me. I got you, Lord. I got you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You can come up front if you want. You can make it in your seat. I'll be glad to pray with anybody that needs it, has a need. But I need you to tell God what you need. Tell God what you want, what you need. And I need you to thank God for what He's done. Because I said it earlier, I can't thank God for what He's done for Evelyn Barnes. Because I, I may not walk where she's walked. Or Brother Barnes. I can't thank God for what He's brought Brother Calsey through. I've never been there necessarily. But Brother Calsey or Brother Barnes or Sister Barnes, they can thank God for their individual because God brought them through it. They can. And they may have needs right now that I don't have. I don't have a sister that I'm worried about. I don't have any sibling. I don't have a brother that I'm worried about. I got cousins that I don't even like. I don't even want cousins in my life. I don't have, I don't, I don't have the same connectivities like some folks. But some folks do have that. I don't have at this current moment a spouse that's battling sickness. Like Brother Calsey's wife is right now on a bed of affliction at home. I don't have that. My future one's right here. She, unless she hides her sickness well, spreading germs, she's able to be at church. When some aren't not able to be at church. See, we all might have different needs in the house. Sick people. Husbands in rehabs. Going through things. Family dynamics. 
house, new houses and jobs. Wives that need touches from the Lord. We all might have different backs and knees and other ailments and pains and bodies. We all have different things. But we serve the same God. And He is able. So for the next five minutes, and then I will finish this service off. For the next five minutes, whether you come up front, whether you stay at your seat, will you tell God what you need? And will you also take the same amount of, you know, two and a half, three minutes and do that, but also thank God for what He's done because He has brought you this far. So He has done a lot for all of us. So can we do that together? Whether you come up front or whether you do can you make an altar with God right now? Can we pray together? Lord, we love you. Yes, make your way wherever you want to go. You just talk to the Lord. Find your place of an altar. Find your place and talk to God. While they play, just make a moment with God. There's no rush. God's not in a hurry. God's got all eternity to answer the request. God's not in a hurry. God needs us to talk. God needs us today. Father, we pray for a spirit of healing, a spirit of financial blessing, spiritual of marriage restitution, a spirit of miracles, financial blessings. 
physical blessings, emotional healings, mental faculties, healings, strength, joy, peace to be restored. We got a lot of needs, but God, we also thank you that you've been a God that has been proven that you're still able to do those things. Be all of those things we've asked. God, when we leave this place today, let us be able to not only say this was the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad, but let us leave this place and be able to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. <laughs> so here's my prayer. Let the Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you. And give Can we declare amen today? Amen unto the Lord. Amen. 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 Amen to the Lord. Amen. 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 Come here. Come here. Come here. Can you can you tell everybody at church amen? Will you tell them all amen? Can you tell them for me? Say it really loud. Tell all of them amen. Amen. Our, doc, our, our proclamation today, as you stand all over the house, can we declare this? Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, my strength, and my redeemer. God bless you. We're getting ready to put our benedictory prayer. Don't forget Sunday night service tonight, 6 p.m. Love to have you. Tell someone, invite a friend. We'll be back on uh, tomorrow as well as the next day. and uh, Not the next day, Wednesday. Wednesday. Brother Randy, would you be so kind? Yeah. Oh, today is the last day for the Harvest Festival. We will have bags. I am so sorry. Thank you. Uh, I have a 70-year-old brain sometimes. Uh, Miss Jeannie will know what that means. But sometimes I forget things. But we are finishing up our offering to help bless the Home for Children folks uh, with the toiletries. So we'll have a couple of us standing back there, uh, some of these kids and, and stuff like that, to help me with these bags. But if you want to give to that, today's the last day. We'll collect all the way up through tonight. And then tomorrow we'll count it all and we'll disperse it out to help bless the home for children. So if you'll help us with that, we'd greatly appreciate it. Anything else that I forget? And by the way, uh, I will promise that I will double Miss Carol's salary for all I've done for her today. I will double it. I know it's zero, but I will double that tomorrow for you. All right. God bless you guys. We love you. Brother Randy.